Teachers' desks are clean, chalk is fresh, and the blackboard is ready. It's back to school time, and we're ready with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. Welcome back to round number two. It's our number deuce of the Watchdog Morning Show for a Tuesday. It's 8, 10, 10 minutes after the hour. Glad you are along for the conversational ride. Twixt now and 10 a.m. Give us a minute or two. We're happy. Give us the entire three hours. We love that just as much. Uh, call us or text us if you'd like to on the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. That's 304-214-1600 for the text line, 304-232-8255 on the uh, phone line. And we'll be happy to get you on uh, on the radio. Uh, just uh, always enjoy uh, chatting with you. 66, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 65 at the Highlands. 65 at uh, my backyard uh, pool. And 65 at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Today, tomorrow, sunny mostly and a high around 80 both days. Some showers, thunderstorms coming in on Thursday. Could be uh, pretty heavy at some points. Some rain continues on Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Once again, sunny, even a little bit cooler, will be in the 70s. So not a uh, not a bad weekend here. It's 810 in the morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. Um Caller or guest? That's our buddy Tom. All right, we'll get to him in a minute. I just want to do a quick uh, movie talk for a second. Because, Bob, I, I don't know, have you have you been to see uh, Barbie yet? I think I'm going to pass on now. Are you sure? It's one of the hottest movies there is. got to remember, Howard, the last one I went to was uh, Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> that's right. I remember you went to, yeah. Um, I went to see Super Mario Brothers this past year, but that was with, uh, with Teddy. F- uh, for the first time since July 21st this weekend, Barbie is not the number one movie at the box office. It has been dominating uh, ever since they came out. And the new number one movie is one I never heard of. I'm aware of this because it's a comic book character. DC superhero movie Blue Beetle. Do you remember the Blue Beetle? I don't. I've heard of the Blue... I mean, I remember reading the Blue Beetle when I was a little kid. This is a different Blue Beetle, I guess. Anyway, Blue Beetle is now number one. And uh, Barbie has gone down to number two, which means, because they've been one and two up until now, Oppenheimer goes down to number three. Uh, let's see. Barbie made $25.4 million this this weekend. Uh, Oppenheimer, $10.6 million. Oppenheimer now 285 total million dollars uh, at the box office. Now listen, Bob, if you have not been to see these movies, circle August the 27th, which is next Monday? Next Sunday? You said the 22nd? It's 27, 7, 7. Okay, today's the 22nd. Right. So that one on a Sunday? That sounds about right. I think that's right. Um, anyway, um, I can't speak for sure about our local theaters, but nationwide, border to border, coast to coast, the Cinema Foundation, a nonprofit arm of the National Association of Theater Owners, announced that August 27th will be the second annual National Cinema Day in this country. Tickets for all showtimes, for all movies, including 3D, IMAX, Dolby, and just regular stuff, will be no more than $4. 
See, I thought you were going to say it was going to be free. You, they could have said, "Bob, come on up, and we'll hand you a hundred dollar bill before you go." And, and I would. You still, still wouldn't go nah, see Barbie. The time's just too precious. I, I want to go see Oppenheimer, and I've been planning to do it, and I was going to do it, but I think I just might want to see that sex scene. Is all I you mean, want to see? No, it's, 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 it's not the kind of sex scene you're thinking of, Bob. Not the kind of thing that you and I kind of like to go see. You know, no, it's not it. That's not what's in there. Uh, at any rate, I, but four dollars. I may just wait till the twenty seventh and go pay four bucks because it costs. What ten bucks? Nancy and I go to a matinee. I think it's ten bucks for us when we go to a matinee. Um, throw in the popcorn and stuff. We're in for forty bucks by the time we get into the theater. So uh, anyway, uh, all I can't speak for sure for the local theaters because this is a nationwide promotion. But apparently, all movies, including Barbie and Oppenheimer, and I guess the Blue Beetle and whatever else, all movies of any kind. $4 movie tickets on August 27th. Now, I listen to my caveat. I don't know if the local theaters are part of this. I suspect they will be. Don't go up there and say, I want my $4 ticket. When they say no, you go, that guy on the radio Monroe told me I could get $4 tickets. Don't do that. I'm telling you, I'm not sure about the local things or not. All right, I am sure that Donald Trump has to pay a bond and is not going to be debating. And those are a couple of things that uh, Tom Scateri and I will talk about coming up next year on The Watchdog Morning Show. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Everyone appreciates the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, even Governor Justice. Howard, you're a good man, and I appreciate all you do every day. Thank you, sir. Weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. on the Watchdog. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is, fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for Would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Ones facing a serious legal battle, the law office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom, with a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation, 304-232-5300. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. It's early morn, tax 
taxi's waiting, he's blowing his horn. Already I'm so lonesome, I could cry. So kiss me and smile for me. Tell me that you'll wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go. You know, that song doesn't resonate with anything specific in my life, and yet that I have always, I've always really liked that song, and I'm always saddened by that song. But, I, you know, it's not one of those ones, I guess it is a goodbye to love kind of song, but, you know, some songs you listen to and you kind of relate to things in your life, at least in your early, you know, life, the loves and lost loves and all that kind of good stuff. And I don't, I don't relate to that song that way, but I just, I just enjoy it. I read this somewhere, and you know, I was a little bit too young to remember. I remember the song coming out, but do you, do you know who really grasped this song, made it their song, kind of like what you're saying? Hmm. Stortuses, saying goodbye and always coming oh, and going. Well, that makes sense, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. I read that somewhere. So, uh, Well, yeah. you know what? If you read it somewhere, it must be true. Well, maybe, Howard. It must be true. All depends what year I read it. <laughs> 818 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Welcome in our national correspondent, Pentagon reporter Tom Scateri. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Uh, that's a great song. And, Bob, I have a trivia one back for you on that song. Okay. You probably know this because you, you probably know this because you always get these. But do you know who wrote Leaving on a Jet Plane? Yeah, I think Howard it. does too. John Denver. That's right. He wrote it, and it was he was 23 years old. So, Howard, you know, you talk about young love, uh, you know, and all that. His song, he de- he recorded as Babe, I Hate to Go. And then, of course, he gave it as Christmas present to <laughs> the people. <laughs> it's know, a great. I, I, I just, it's one of those songs that resonates with me, but I'm not 100% yep. sure why. It just, it just, um, it just does. So, I, I. Boy, he is a great songwriter, John Denver, huh? Wasn't he? Oh, he was, absolutely. Kind of helped put us on the map, uh, Tom, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Country oh, yeah, I know that. take oh, me yeah, home. I know that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, Tom, uh, before we get to the important political stuff like Donald Trump and the Ukraine and so on, um, have you been to see Barbie yet? No, and I, I probably will not see it unless there's a compelling reason to see it. In other words, my daughter makes me go see it with her <laughs> for the next, you know, she's seen it a couple of times already. She went uh, the first weekend, both of them out. She did that thing, whatever they call it, Barbieheimer or whatever, you know, when you see both of them. Right, right, right. And uh, she, she urged me to go see Oppenheimer and not to worry so much about Barbie. <laughs> did you see Oppenheimer She's 23 yet? years. Have you seen I Oppenheimer? I did, yeah. She, yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. I think it probably could have been uh, 30 minutes shorter and a little bit better editing, but, you know, that's uh, my daughter's talking. My daughter's been film editing, so, you know, she gave me the oh, okay. professional <laughs> guidance on it. <laughs> I, I, definitely, I definitely want to go see uh, Oppenheimer, and I, I had intended to do it by now. But now, since I've discovered that uh, August 27th is $4 movie day, oh, yeah. I may save myself some money and go, <laughs> and go, and go on that day. My, uh, uh, one of my, gran- my granddaughter uh, wants to go see Barbie, and she keeps saying to her dad, Dad, are you going to take me? you going to take me? And he keeps going, yeah, yeah, I'll take you, I'll take you, I'll take you. Finally, I stepped up the other day and I said, listen, if he's not going to take you, talk to me. Your uh, granddad will take you. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. I will take one for the team, as they say. And uh, I would love, <laughs> I hate to say this, I would love to see Barbie, 
but there's no possible way I can go and pretend that I'm going for myself. I have to have a child to take with <laughs> take with me. To <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, Howard. You know, as a, as a radio show host, you know, it's, it's your duty to know about social trends to be able to comment on them wisely and intelligently. Well, that's true. I could, and you know, but how's that for a spin? That's I, I like that. Now, I you know, still think. <laughs> I still think I need I need I need to cover I need yeah. cover when I go I need cover when I go. Although I'm not sure it has to be a child. I, I you know I guess a lot of just females in general are going to go are going for Barbie and it's a whole trend. Well, summer. women our age, you know, in other words, in the second half of their lives, perhaps you know they had Barbie when they were younger, so they would go see it and compare what they remember. I had this discussion with a friend of mine. She's 62 years old, and she was talking to me about all the different Barbies she had, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, and how she's going to go see the movie. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, and and uh, everybody's all the women are wearing pink up in you know fancy New York dinner yeah. parties and stuff. Yeah. You know, everybody's Barbie, 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 Barbie. But I would like to see Oppenheimer. I'd like to see Barbie too, but I probably will not get that unless I can get my granddaughter to. I have to first of all convince my son. To abandon his daughter and not go, <laughs> and then I can, <laughs> then I can, then I can go. Anyway, speaking of abandoning things, Donald Trump is mm. abandoning the uh, debate tomorrow night. Yeah, you know he is, and uh, you know from a political tactical point of view, I, I don't blame him. <laughs> you know, I mean, he doesn't need to go to the debate. If he goes to the debate, uh, it gives the opportunity for everyone to take shots at him to try to improve their standing. He could parry them very well, and you know his, his his admirers and supporters will love and roar in their approval when he when he insults them back. But it doesn't really do him any good, I don't think politically. I, I think you said this before, Howard, but it's worth repeating. I think Trump, you know, he has his base, whatever number that is, twenty seven, twenty eight, thirty eight, whatever it is. Those people are going to support him regardless. And his job, if he wants to become president again, is to win those who are on the fence. Okay. And I don't know going to a debate, a Republican debate, is going to help him. He's going to get the Republican nomination, or he's not. His voters, the voters he needs, are the ones in the fall. He wants to orchestrate as much as possible. He has a trial, you know, he's going to turn himself in this week. He's going to have to post bond. He can manipulate that to, to what he thinks is a better approach. Uh, you know, I think um, now, and Trump is going to have a, an interview with Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Immediately at the opposite the Fox News uh, debate, so yeah. Trump supporters are going to go over to watch that. They'll they'll bow at the feet of you know being interviewed by by Carlson. The Fox debate, if Trump isn't there, will have a smaller audience. I won't disagree with that, but I think it's better for the remaining candidates. Because they will then have a chance to each try to identify themselves without having that looming figure of Trump over top of everything. Uh, because here, oh, yeah. here's what I'm thinking. I think there is still a shot that Donald Trump does not make it through to the nomination because of the indictments and legal matters and so on. Uh, and maybe the 14th Amendment, which we'll talk about in a minute or two here. But um, So I think there's a chance he won't make it through, which means that the Republicans need to get a better sense of all these other candidates. They can't just just toss them away. So if Trump is not on that stage tomorrow night, each of the candidates who are there will have a chance to make their case more strongly because they won't be have Trump literally. And when I say I mean that literally remember when he loomed over Hillary Clinton, he won't literally be looming over them. So in in a way, Uh, uh, it's good for the remaining candidates. 
I totally agree with you, and it sort of dovetails with my point. You know, Trump would dominate the debate. They'll be trying to pick on him. Without him there, they may mention him, but this gives them a chance to put forth who they are. And, and I'm with you, Howard. I don't think Trump is necessarily guaranteed to get the nomination, and he looks like it at this point, but it's still a lot of time and a lot of things can happen. Also, I, I tend to think, going what you just said, there was a movie, and I'm going to get the, the uh, name incorrect, probably. I think it's called The Best Man, and it's with Henry Fonda and somebody else. And Fonda was the Secretary of State, and the other guy was a senator, and they were vying for the party's nomination. And it was a, you know, they were two different types of personalities, and they couldn't you know, resolve it. And finally, at the end, Fonda decides to kind of throw his chips into one of the other candidates, who I think was the governor of Minnesota or something like that. Because, you know, that's, and I think that's the scenario I see that at some point, if, it's, if we follow your scenario, they're going to have to look at someone else. I thought the other interesting thing, um, Howard, was uh, I think it was the governor of Nebraska or Iowa, uh, and she was saying we don't need any more candidates. So Governor Youngkin of Virginia was thinking about getting in, and there was talk about Governor Kemp of Georgia. And they said, we don't need any more candidates. We have enough good candidates here. That's important to hear because that means they're going to focus on the people who are now running and not say we need somebody else to come in. One more thought. It reminds me a little bit akin to uh, the 98 uh, race when Cuomo uh, was thinking about running for the governor. And, mm-hmm. or, you know, and they were talking about Cuomo and then the seven dwarfs. Remember all the other ones right, who were right. running? And, and so – he didn't run, and then he had to find somebody else, and, and you know, or maybe it was 92 with Clinton. I don't remember. I'm it sorry. Was, yeah, 92. Yeah. It was 92 with Clinton. It was yes, 92. Exactly. Yeah, 92 with Clinton. Excuse me. But you get the idea. Same thing. Although I'm not equating Cuomo and Trump, of course, I'm saying, but there's a looming figure, and then when he wasn't running, they looked for somebody else who was already in the race. It is. It is. That's actually a good analogy to think about. Back in 92, George uh, Bush was so popular because of the Iraq War. Uh, I remember at the time on the air, I had suggested, I had suggested that what the Democratic Party ought to do is nominate George Bush because he couldn't be beaten and then nominate our own vice presidential candidate because that was the maybe that was the best we could do and try to run a ticket that's like that. Clever, very clever. Because that's how powerful George W. Bush or not W. but how George Bush was. But then along came, and you're right. They were called the Seven Dwarfs, and yeah. including this guy that nobody'd heard of except for the long stem winder speech he gave at a convention four years previously, named Bill Clinton. Yeah. And right. they were, it was like these these clowns. Surely they can. And yet, in the end. Who won? One of the seven dwarfs, yeah. and it was Bill Clinton, and he dominated. So uh, there is there is some comparison there. You know, Trump is now the far and away no shot of anybody beating him. Blah 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 blah. Um, well, in the primary at least, they have their own version of the seven dwarfs right now. But maybe one of those dwarfs will win. Yeah, so it's a lot of time. A lot of time. What what do you make of this argument that has been made and a lot more talked about this week about the 14th Amendment disqualifying Trump from running? Uh, I don't have it in front of me now. I have a guest coming up in a couple of, well, I think next week, actually, who's written an article about it. But um, 14th Amendment basically says if you have committed a crime against the country, if you've tried to overthrow the country, overthrow the government, that you are automatically disqualified from any high office. Um, and more and more conservative legal scholars are saying they think that may indeed come into play with Donald Trump. Now, I'm not sure 
how much I buy into that, but it is certainly getting a lot of attention this week. Uh, yeah, and, and I think it merits attention. Uh, my initial thoughts when I hear, hear this is that it's a sound, it's a sound legal um, argument, but you have to be clear that the person did what the amendment says you can't do. In other words, and Trump has been accused of this, but he hasn't been proven guilty of it. You know, so I think that that, that would be the toughest uh, hurdle right there. You can't just you who who and who would determine this? That's the other thing. I'm not sure because I'm not the legal scholar. Well, that's that's the issue, of course. Uh, I, if I read the read the amendment uh, correctly, and I am no constitutional scholar nor a legal scholar. Again, Bob, everything I've learned in uh, about the legal matters have come from where? Law and order. That's Howard. right. So I, you know, I don't claim to be a legal <laughs> scholar at all, or certainly not a constitutional scholar. But as I did read it, I think the power to make that decision resides in Congress. Although some of these legal scholars who are writing about this this week are suggesting that the state election officials could make that yeah, decision yeah. in individual states and say he's not qualified yeah. because of the 14th Amendment. We're not going to put him on our state ballot. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it's, it's, we're a long way from getting there, but it is an interesting concept in, that he could just be disqualified. And, you know, Tom, that is that's just fine with me. I am not one of these left-wingers who want to see him in an orange jumpsuit put in jail, you know, uh, in, in hand. I think that's a bad image for the country. I just want him out of our political system. Yeah. I, you know, I thought of the state thing, as you pointed out, too, and that would be a morass because, you know, say West Virginia puts him on and Pennsylvania doesn't, et cetera. Then you have and, – and I also I, – I'm let me have two two thoughts on this more, two more thoughts. One is that – um, with you, I want to see him out of the political system. I think he's done great harm to the country and the political system at large, beyond just you know his presidency, which was bad enough in many regards. And yeah, I'm expressing an opinion because it's it's I can look back and see what he did to stuff I cover, for example, the military and NATO. Right. But the other thing is that if he doesn't get the nomination and doesn't run, that's a clean way he could blame the Republican voters for not doing blah blah blah. But that's sort of a clean way to get him out. You know, he didn't get the nomination. He can't run. As opposed to states or to Congress or whoever saying he, he's not able to run under the 14th Amendment, then you're going to just have more conspiracy, more stirring the pot. It's not going to be a clean end. Right. You see what I'm am – I, I, am I making I myself – No, I, I, I get your point. That, uh, yeah. And, and uh, invoking the 14th Amendment, particularly if you tried to do it state by state, yeah, uh, would would be it probably would drag on for a while, and more importantly, it would never be clean. It would never there would always be people saying it never should have happened. You know that that was not the right way to do things. So you're right. The best thing is if he's just out of the primary. But I don't. I again, I I have fear that 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 won't uh, that won't happen. Um, do, uh, one last one last Trump thing. He can afford it. Well, actually, his campaign contributors can afford it. Yeah. But the $200,000 bond, first time that he's being asked to post a bond in any of these indictments, mm -hmm. has to gall him, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. That has to rub him wrong way. Even if it isn't his own money, as you pointed out, he still has to put it up. And and um, he's always skirted anything like this before, as we've talked about. Now he's not able to do that. And, uh, you know, it's worth repeating that the Georgia one uh, is so different than the feds because it's a uh, state level and it's somewhat removed from uh, the reach, the tentacles of the, you know, the feds, if, if uh, things change. Uh, this is a, a big indictment, and 
they seem to be aggressive. And again, I love the fact that I love it from a clean point of view. My word before Secretary of State and Governor of that state, they're both Republicans. So you don't have the idea that Democrats are chasing them. Right. It's a, it's a very interesting thing. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. We have a long, long, long way to go on this whole yeah. uh, this whole thing. Uh, 8.33, 27 to the hour. Uh, Tom Scuterius with us, national correspondent, Pentagon correspondent. Let's jump over to the Pentagon. We've been talking a lot about uh, the Ukraine as the focus of trouble in the world. Belarus is having mm-hmm. problems as well. This is bad news for Americans. You know, the State Department yesterday issued a level four warning for Americans to get out. That's the highest uh, level uh, of, of risk, level four risk, because the borders are being closed by Poland and the Baltic nations with Belarus. Belarus, of course, is a close ally of Russia. Lemeshenko, their president, quote-unquote president, he's, you know, he's buddies with Putin. Uh, that's where the Wagner mercenary group are right in the border with Poland, causing trouble. Poles and others have moved their military, beefed up their security on the borders. Those border crossings are closing over land, which means that you can't just drive out, which normally you could mm-hmm. if you're an American. Uh, the U.S. Embassy in Minsk, that's Minsk, uh, the capital of Belarus, is at minimal staffing now already. There's no suggestion that we're going to close our embassy there, but they want Americans to get out unless they really have to be there now or they can fly out. Get, yeah, get out while the getting's good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We were talking on the show yesterday about how Putin has to feel about certain things. You know, I mean, <laughs> all right, he thought he was going to walk into the Ukraine, and, um, and then we saw what happened there. I was going to win this war, and now they, they're actually bombing my city. And, uh, and he says, but the people love me. Oh, no, I've had a rebellion. The good thing mm-hmm. is we are now going to at least control space. Oh, no, our lunar module crashed into the moon. I mean, it's just been more trouble after trouble for Putin. Yeah, it has been. And, you know, and talking about, the, uh, talking about the, the moon thing, it was very interesting to me to, to read the transcript of the uh, press briefing. The, the Russians, you know, gave a press briefing yesterday. Their uh, their uh, you know, a space agency Roscosmos, uh, and and their head uh, said it was the cause of it was the you know, engine didn't work properly. Instead of 84 seconds, Howard, it kept going for 127 seconds. Look at that, you know, difference of 40 seconds. But that was enough to throw it off to have it crash. That's right. But difference of a, between a landing and a crash. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting, and it's pretty candid too. But here's the other thing he said that really caught my ear or eye or whatever, an interest. He said that because Russia hasn't done a lunar program for almost 50 years, almost half a century, that played a role in it because he says we have to learn all these technologies sure. all over again and now at a higher level. Makes complete sense. And I think about that with our program, you know, how we went to the moon and we essentially stopped going and, and now we have SpaceX and all these others doing it. But there was that gap, really, of lunar travel by everybody. Um, by comparison, the Indians, the Indian Space Agency, their lunar mission, this is their third lunar mission, it looks like it's going to be successful and land at that same South Pole area to where the Russians were going. The South Pole and the moon is very little explored. That's right. why it's, you know, interest area. And there's this, there's this great belief there might be water there, which, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the Loch Ness Monster type of thing. But, uh, ever, but you know, the difference is the Indian program is all brand new. You know, so they're learning and, and progressing kind of like, we did, and the Russians did at the start of space. They're, I just they're, find they're, that they're going from the start. Yeah, they're it's like they're starting to, right. from point zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very fascinating uh, comparison. And I hope that guy. <laughs> I hope uh, Yuri 
Borislav, who's head of the Russian Space Agency, still has a job tomorrow for being so candid. <laughs> I hope he's still well there tomorrow, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Exactly. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm exactly. Saying. You know, we still have the problem of uh, top military commanders are, are mustering out, and we don't have people coming in because yeah. of Tommy Tuberville stuff. Um, General Mark Milley is uh, traveling this week as he prepares for his last trip as chair of the G- Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yeah, I think this is his uh, last trip. I mean, he's done in October, so obviously there's a chance he can travel in September again. But I think that he's in he's going Italy, uh England, United Kingdom, Israel, and Jordan. Um I he's in he's already on the trip and he's in Italy now and his office released a great photo yesterday. I think I sent it to you. Uh, of of General Milley. He had to be out. He met the Pope, but he he can't be in his military uniform to meet the Pope because, you know, the Vatican is its own country. Right. People forget that, perhaps. It's in Rome, but under their law, only the Swiss guards Can wear are the uniform. only people who are allowed to wear a military uniform inside the palace. So he was in a suit and tie, which was really funny to see. <laughs> and it probably felt weird to him, too, although he might as well get used to it because he'll be out, yeah. he'll be out pretty soon. Yeah. November, yeah. Yeah, I am looking at this picture. It is, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I picture you know, Millie is always with the, you know, all the, well, the medals, the medals, yeah. and everything there, and ramrod straight. And there he is, just a coat and tie, shaking hands with the Pope. And that's, uh, that's cool. All right, Tom, I appreciate it. Always good talking to you, my friend. Um, right. We spend too much time with Trump, but I guess that's because that's it's what's the happening. Story of the day. That's what's happening. Yeah. Yep. All right, have yourself a great Thanks, week. We'll do it Enjoy again, Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> this weekend. I'll tell you how it went. Thanks a lot, okay, Tom. Appreciate bye. it. Eight thirty-eight twenty-two to the hour. Tom Scatari, our national reporter and uh, Pentagon uh, correspondent, checks in with us every Tuesday. Let's check in with Ohio Valley headlines. Taylor Long is here from the Big Seven. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your seven news headlines on this August the twenty-second. Four children were removed from a home in Mingo Junction yesterday after two of them were found wandering outside on the roadway. Passing drivers called police after nearly hitting them. The kids were wearing soiled diapers and dirty t-shirts, no shoes or socks. A witness recognized the children and police took them to their home on the 100 block of Spring Avenue. Police say the front door was open and the inside of the home was in deplorable conditions. Four children were taken from the home and placed with a family member and the mother was arrested on pending child endangerment charges. Stay with 7 News for updates. Staying in Jefferson County, the search is ongoing for a missing teen. Police say 16-year-old Nick Connor was last seen Friday night walking along train tracks in the Toronto area. Connor is described as standing 5'10", weighing 340 pounds. Authorities say it's possible that Connor was catfished and currently has no money and his phone is off. If you have any information, you're urged to call police at 740-537-1591. And over to Harrison County, 22 miles is a long way to walk. In just a few weeks, those 22 miles will represent the 22 veterans and first responders who commit suicide each day. On Saturday, September 2nd, a group will gather for a 12-hour walk at Sally Buffalo Park. Anyone is welcome to join them as they raise awareness for this critical issue. They're also asking for donations that will go towards the Harrison County Veterans and First Responders Jamboree. Even if you aren't up for the full 22 miles, you're still welcome to participate. And AAA says oil prices are relatively low, but heat in the south and the threat of hurricane season are keeping gas prices high. West Virginia's average price has leveled off after a spike now at $3.70 a gallon. That's an 11 cent spike in the last week. Now, Ohio's average is 3.58 and has actually come down 6 cents in the last week. 
The national average is 387. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long working for you. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, Dave Wilson filling in for Hoppy Kirchival on Metro News Talk Line. On Monday's show, talk to WV student Matthew Cole, who says he's going to be directly impacted by the proposed program cuts. I was actually looking to um, go to graduate school for math here, but that is one of the programs that's up to be cut. So that would affect my decision on where to go to school. Now, the PhD math program here is the only one in the state. Catch us each weekday at 10.06 Metro News Talk Line on these Metro News radio stations. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. And what it's telling me, and you Feel like a drug addict this is terrible and and it's your well, i'll say it's your fault but you, you you've been my in, addiction it's your addiction and i now i'm now i'm riding along with it i got I you have, hooked Howard. i have been having a really difficult time my wife will tell anybody this last couple of weeks i can't figure out what it is i want to drink uh, i don't drink alcohol uh i normally have the uh Perrier water, or these days I drink S. Pellegrino, which is just carbonated water as well. Um, and, I, and I like that, and I drink a good bit of that. Uh, I brought a coffee in this morning, and I had a little bit of that. and But nothing sits well. Oh, we have iced tea at home. It doesn't, no, that's not it. Juice, nah, that's not it. The only thing that really does that satisfies me and that tastes good and that makes me feel that doesn't cause a stomach problem, it's your addiction, pal. It's this Pepsi. See, now you know what I'm talking about. I mean, there's something about it. I just, and, and you know, and you're just, and you're feeding it. You, you brought me a can. I said, well, here, try some of this. You're, just you're a feeding, little bit. You're just feeding a little bit here. Just take, a, just take a sip. Just take a sip. But one sip, and I'm going, that's it. That's what, I brought another soda. I brought Dr. Pepper. It's one of my favorites. Today, I thought, well, okay, I'm, maybe that'll help me. No. It's just the Pepsi. Man. Well, it's an incredible combination. It tastes really, really good. At least to me, it does. It, it does. It's, it's an incredible taste, and it gives me that inner energy that you're describing, especially first thing in the morning. Yeah. I, I, Man, I, I like that cold Pepsi. You know, I, I, 
I don't want to be a Pepsi. I don't want to be like you, pal. I mean, Pepsi addict. But, um, uh, geez. And what is really, really sad is I went almost a whole month without even looking at one. Yeah. And I thought, never again. But it's you, you just can never, for uh, for someone Try like me, me I can Try never get me, over Bob. it. I just can never get over it. I, I thought Don't I walked you away. Miss me, Bob? I do miss you, Pepsi. Oh, your Pepsi is loving you to come back. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm, I shouldn't be joking. I'm feeling two sips of this, and I'm already. What another one, don't you? I did. I'm already. Yeah, baby. This is it. And it, it is, in first place, it does fire you up. I, I don't know if it's got more caffeine or whatever, more jolt to it. It's got, it's got real sugar in it, I guess, I assume. Same thing about cocaine in there, Howard? No, no, that's Coca-Cola, but no. Um, man, just one more sip. Mm, mm. Man, this works for me. I came across an article yesterday, Bob, speaking of things to drink. Um, we talk about hot dogs all the time on this show. We talk about the various hot dog places around the Upper Ohio Valley. We talk about Gula's, the old Louis hot dog. We talk about uh, Uncle Pete's trying to compete with the, not compete with, but to recreate the old uh, Louis hot dog. We've got Tito's hot dogs. We've got, uh, I love those giant hot dogs of generations. Hot dogs, hot dogs, hot dogs. I came across an article, and it had to do with what beverage is best with hot dogs. Now, I think I probably know what you might say, but I mean, what beverage is best with hot dogs? Well, I know what works for me. I wrote the answer down that I believe is is what kind of ha- threw you off a little bit. I wrote lemonade down. Lemonade? No, that's not the answer. No. Oh, that's interesting. So well, I was thinking summertime. What what is the drink? Well, now okay. maybe when we were kids, especially you would think summertime. You would think lemonade, and yeah, what yeah. says okay. summertime right, like hot dogs? So. That, that's that's not bad. I, but that's I, not the right answer, is it? I, well, I thought. Well, the answer I have here in this article out of uh, the Takeout, which is one of the various food magazines that I read, is is totally different. Uh, I would have thought that your answer would be beer. Hot dogs and beer go together, right? Ballpark, hot yeah, dogs, beer. I, I never thought of that, but yes. You know, and then maybe because, well, as I just pointed out, it goes with anything. Hmm. Maybe Pepsi. Maybe Pepsi. But this article suggests, and I'm shaking my head a wild no on this. This article, this article suggests that we should try pairing our hot dogs with wine. What do you think? Never. No, no. Never. No. 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 Now this is a you know one of these eatery type people. It's a, I don't know much about wine, but I know about flavor to understand that the pavet uh, uh, enzymes will help the the berry flavor come out. And I I don't know what this kind of BS is all about, but this is a lengthy article uh, in the Takeout.com about pairing hot dogs with wine. Um, the fine bubbles and the zip of the wine is a perfect counter to the curry sauce that I put on my hot dogs, says this one guy. Curry sauce on hot dogs? First place, no wonder you like wine. You have to get drunk to drink a hot dog with curry sauce, I would think, on it. But at any rate, um, that's, no, that's, so lemonade, you make, that's a good point. It's, it's like, you know, mom and apple pie, lemonade and hot dogs, right? Kind of all go together. Yeah, I'm thinking summertime lemonade. I don't know. Does anybody drink lemonade anymore, Howard? Oh, I drink lemonade. They, in, again, in one, it, it, next to Pepsi right now, that's the, the drink that I can most tolerate. Um, Nancy makes pitcher of lemonade, raspberry lemonade right now. Sometimes le- lemonade, lemonade. I do like lemonade. So I do drink that now. 
I am so far blown out of proportion with this. Uh, it's pretty much it's Pepsi all day. I, I am full blown again, Howard. So you've gone full back to Pepsi because you were doing, you were doing pretty well. I you was were, doing great. You know, every once in a while you'd grab a Pepsi, but uh, but you, you know, were, with pizza, I, I can't eat pizza without uh, some kind of soft drink. I hear you. I mean, it's it's and that was kind of reward. And look what I did, Howard. I just I just I ruined it. You ruined it. Absolutely ruined it. It's uh, about 10 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, still on the food front, uh, this is an interesting article came out also of the takeout.com. And I will say that this is true for me. The headline is, The Era of Food Delivery is Fading. Now, I don't think you really did a lot of food delivery or ever, ever did, did you? Very little. Um, during the pandemic, when food delivery really picked up here in the Ohio Valley, and then when all of the food delivery services came in, uh, you know, DoorDash and all of the other ones around here, Grubhub and uh, uh, what's the local one, which I try to use as much as possible. I can't even think of it now. But anyways, I, I would have I would frequently probably more of our meals we had delivered to the house uh, than we did anything else. But it was during the pandemic. And then after the pandemic, I was still very slow to go back to restaurants. So uh, I was delivering things. But now, I couldn't tell you the last time we had food delivered, other than pizza. I mean, other than pizza. Um, we'll, we'll go pick up, drive over to Uncle Pete's. They have a great pickup service at Uncle Pete's, real easy to order and pick up and bring home, uh, if I'm going to eat at home. Uh, Melman's the same thing. We ordered from Melman's over the weekend and just picked, stopped, picked up, brought home, quick and easy. Um, and also, of course, I am, I mean, for a while I wasn't going in any restaurants, but now I'm out all the time eating again. Uh, but I, the article, anyways, says that uh, statistically across the border, uh, across the country, the use of services like DoorDash and other ones is significantly down. People just aren't ordering delivery the way they used to. Yeah, that's no surprise there. Uh, Howard, got to ask you during that time i mean you were hold, hold up held I up was. you didn't uh, you didn't want to come out at all and i don't blame you and you survived have you ever been in a place where the doordash guy or gal is coming in and picking up and then going on about their way have you ever interacted or or, or watched how, how they've interacted with the business yeah in some cases why has why? it always been a positive thing I've never seen any problems. I'm not saying they don't have any. For me, and again, I'm no expert. Uh, maybe Steve from St. C could help. Uh, but it just seemed like sometimes they they, they hold a, like a, a grudge against them. You know, they kind of go out of their way to delay them or, or don't give them what I would consider. I mean, they're all part of their team. They're yeah. taking that food to somebody. Yeah. You never once saw, you know, witnessed that? No, I haven't. But I, I don't, it doesn't surprise me. And here's why. You got to remember the restaurant. Even though you pay a delivery fee, the restaurant pays a fee to use DoorDash. Or again, I use that as the example. All of the services, you know. So, yeah, I mean it, they have to pay to have them come in. As well, opposed, they ought to kick in. So they're they're well. I, I'm not arguing that, but I'm just saying I think that's why you hear some resentment because, geez, I got to pay to have you come in, and you're going to get paid when on the other side of things as well. Uh, I've but I have noticed more and more places are now making it easier and easier. You go into a lot of restaurants now, and you will see they have the Applebee's is one of these, Eaton Park is one of these, where they have a little shelf DoorDash pickup over here. You don't enter the, the DoorDash person doesn't interact with any server. They just walk in. It's there. They pick up their order and they go out. Which 
I don't know if that's because they don't want to interact with them, but uh, it's much more efficient. So I, I think they're beginning to get a better handle on how to handle that. Well, my thinking is this. Again, you can't compare to the the, the big chains like McDonald's and Wendy's and that type of thing because you got young people in there that really, really – by the time it trickles down their thought of the actual owner making a profit, I, I think it's non-existent. But when you go to an establishment here locally, I would think if I'm the manager or the owner, I want to make it perfectly clear we treat these people with respect and we get it out as quick as we can. They are helping us succeed in this business. And I think certainly during the pandemic and afterwards, the pandemic, the pandemic really created it. It increased business, all right? I'm not going to go out to eat. Um, I personally, during the pandemic, I wasn't even going to go into a restaurant to pick up to eat, all right? So uh, it in, I, ha I have to think it increased the business of people, you know. Um, my best example personally was Bob Evans. Um, I was an occasional Bob Evans eater, but during the pandemic and afterwards, Almost every day I was ordering something from Bob Evans. They were real easy to order. The service brought it out really quickly. Um, and so the amount of money I spent with that particular restaurant, significantly more than I would have spent if they didn't have a delivery service. So I think you're right. The delivery services help increase the business. They're, it's not, they're not keeping people from coming into the store. They're giving people who are not going to come into the store anyway a way to get their, their food. And, you know, my, my thinking would be, again, if I was dependent on it like you seem to have been uh, during that time. I was. I might have to change, okay, I want this, but by the time this gets to me, it's not nearly as good. So this isn't as high up, but when it gets here, it's warm and it's quick. Did you think like that? I did. And, and, and there were a, a couple of times I ordered. I can remember, for example, the first time I ordered a meal from either Figuretti's or Abby's. Prime rib. Everybody knows I love prime rib. I'm going to tell you, I, I like that was like going into an uncharted territory. You know, it's one thing to have them bring uh, sausage, gravy, and biscuits, but prime rib, it's got to be just right, the right temperature. Everything's got to be perfect. And I remember being, I won't say scared to death, but I mean, I, uh, let's, I don't know what this is going to be like. And it came just right it came just right and then i said okay now i know i can order this i can order a full meal from this place i think it was figuretti's the, the first time i had that happen to me. I, I, as you know howard i'm a big fan of red lobster i've never had takeout from red lobster because it, to me it's never by the time i get it home it's just not going to be as good so i i purposely don't don't even think of red lobster for takeout i think you're right i have done that uh, but we've i'll tell you what we've done it is when we're going to have a big feast um if we're having a party at our house I'm trying to think what we had. Um, it wasn't my birthday. Something. It was last year. But anyways, we ordered their big family feast. You know, you get six lobsters and 42 tails. And it, it just the whole big, the big, the big, you know, family. And, and we brought it home. And it, it, was, it was fine. But I think you're right. I would have a problem probably just trying to get a normal order from Red Lobster because I think it would be a little bit too. It just doesn't. I would think it wouldn't hold up. But I haven't tried it, so I don't know. Again, I did. I was nervous about uh, any kind of good piece of meat, prime rib, my best example. But the places that I tried, I tried it once. I said, if it's no good, I'm not going to do it again. But I was, I was satisfied with it. And again, this never would have happened if it hadn't been for the pandemic. I mean, I never would have started ordering delivery. But the pandemic forced me to do it. And after a while, I mean, it's just like, okay, 
I, I'm tired of country fried steak from Bob Evans. You know, I can, I, I need, I need a prime rib. Um, but, but I had to test it out first to make sure it was going to work. And I probably not every place does it right. Probably not every place you order from does it right. But the places I tried, I think did. But anyways, uh, Red Robin is one place. I've got this article where one, Red Robin says their delivery size, service is down 12% uh, across the country. Um, looking for uh, Chipotle uh, say they've had significant decline in delivery sales. Uh, a number of others here as well. Um, anyways, the article comes from the takeout.com if you want to read it. Uh, and they're suggesting that, and again, it may not be true here. And it may, you know, maybe Steve from St. C can tell us if we're right or wrong. Uh, the era of food delivery is fading. A couple of minutes away from the top of the hour. Do you want me to try and get a break in here? Let's do it. Let's do some business. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room. And be ready for any summer adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end September 5th. Toyota, let's go places. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Almost heaven, West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. We were talking about delivery services, and I began to use delivery service, and they began to really grow here in the Upper Ohio Valley as a result of the pandemic. Something that occurred uh, as we got through the pandemic, began coming out of it, was an increase in outdoor dining. The idea was you don't want to go into the restaurant where you got to keep six feet apart. Remember, remember those old pandemic days? But outdoors, a little bit easier to have dining. So some outdoor dining has been occurring here in the Upper Ohio Valley. And I noticed on the agenda for Wheeling's Development Committee uh, tomorrow night, they're going to discuss outdoor dining programs. I invited Wheeling Vice Mayor Chad Thalman to come in and talk about that and also downtown parking. That's coming up next hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Gather round her. 97.7 AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville. News. I'm Sherry Preston. The sheriff in Fulton County, Georgia, says he expects all 19 defendants in the election interference case to be fingerprinted and have their mugshots taken this week. And that includes former President Donald Trump. 
who has said on social media he'll be there Thursday. ABC's Aaron Katursky is in Atlanta now. The judge said former President Trump's bond at $200,000, the first of his four criminal indictments to require Trump to post bond. He'll have to pay 10% when he surrenders in Fulton County, where he and 18 others are charged with conspiring to overturn Trump's election loss in Georgia. District Attorney Fonnie Willis personally signed the order after meeting with Trump's attorneys. They agreed to rules for Trump's release. Among those rules, no direct or indirect threats toward any potential witnesses in the case, including his 18 co-defendants. President Biden visiting fire-ravaged Maui last night, promising federal dollars to help the island rebuild. More than 100 people were killed in those fires, but more than 800 are still missing. Firefighters in Greece this morning discovering the bodies of 18 people in an area ravaged by a major wildfire burning for days. As mud cleanup continues in Southern California from Tropical Storm Hillary, Tropical Storm Harold takes aim at coastal Texas. The storm seemed to blow up out of nowhere, and now South Texans are filling sandbags to lay in front of doors and windows on flood-prone properties. We also have some uh, pre-filled sandbags that we typically take to our residents that, that don't have any transportation or that are elderly. David Flores is the assistant city manager in Mission, Texas. The forecast is for up to three and a half inches of rain in areas that have been bone dry for weeks. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. There's a federal hearing today that could decide whether that floating barricade will be allowed to stay in Eagle Pass, Texas. The Justice Department has sued, saying the barrier in the Rio Grande poses environmental and humanitarian threats and could harm relations with Mexico. You're listening to ABC News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss.